What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we have our must buy and sell trade targets for week six of the fantasy season. We're going to go through three buy candidates, two sell candidates to make sure you guys are either getting one and four and 0 and five teams out of a hole or making sure your four and one, five and 0 teams are continuing forward as we march towards championships. Now, we're not going to waste any time here. We have a bunch of players to get into. As always, if you enjoy, make sure you get down below. Subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm Now, before we get into our first player here, make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy. Check out their best ball resurrection tournament they have where it goes from week six through week 17. So it gives you a little bit of a second shot at fantasy. It's only $10 to enter. It's best ball. You don't have to set the lineups. $100,000 to first place, $500,000 in total prizes. It is going to close this Thursday before the Thursday night football game. We're going to be streaming tonight. By the time you guys see this, see this, it'll be last night, but I'm trying to jam as many of these in before it closes on Thursday because it is a fun contest where things look a little bit funky. You have like Saquon going in the first round. Lamar Jackson is like a one-two turn pick. Everything looks different from what it was when we drafted in August. So it is a fun environment to kind of draft in, see where the market's at. It's even good for sort of figuring out trade values where, oh, okay, so Saquon's going ahead of guys like Mixon, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, all of those guys. Now, if you're new to Underdog, you hop on there, use promo code RON when you sign up. They'll match your deposit all the way up to $100. I have a link in the description at the top of the comments below where you click on it. it takes you right to Underdog. It takes you there with my promo code in there, and you're good to go. Now, when we talk about our trade targets for week six, at the top here, someone that I didn't love coming into the season, but I think is a great buy target, is Joe Mixon. And I think one of the best ways to find great buy low candidates is to find the players that are underperforming their volume. And a way of doing this is by looking at expected points, which Rotoviz has a great, I don't know what you want to call it, algorithm, model, whatever. And it pretty much spits out an expected points number based on how many attempts, targets you have, red zone touches, and based on your volume, rushes, targets, red zone looks, how many points are you expected to score? on a weekly basis, and then seeing what the expected points look like, and then how many, how much people are underperforming or underperforming that metric. And Joe Mixon stands out way ahead of the crowd when you look at this. Now, these are the top 10 expected points per game leaders among running backs pending Monday Night Football. That's why Josh Jacobs is only at four games. Mixon leads the NFL in expected points per game at 20.8 expected points per game, a full 1.8 points per game between him and Saquon Barkley. He has a wild amount of volume. The crazy part is that he's underperforming that volume by a wild margin. He is underperforming that by minus 7 points per game, which is why he's only averaging 13.8 points per game as the RB17 despite this volume. Now, we have to expect that that number is going to correct itself over time. His worst fantasy points over expected per game number, which is what that FPOE number is his worst mark over an entire career is only minus one, which means if he had his worst year from an efficiency standpoint this year that he's had over those first five years, his points per game would still be at 19.8 points per game as the RB4. That's assuming that he only underperforms at 20.8 expected points per game by one point. 
Right now, he's underperforming it by seven, which I don't think will stick. And I also wanted to zoom out a little bit and look at running backs who are in the same category as Mixon, where they had 20 or more expected points per game through five weeks and then see where they end up. And when we look at that chart, we have a bunch of running backs. I think we have 14 or 15 running backs here where I put their expected points per game through their first five games in that third column. You have their year, who it was, and then where they ended up in points per game and where they ended up in running back rankings. And it's pretty crazy how far Joe Mixon sticks out, where his 13.8 points per game, assuming if that's like what he ended up with at the end of the season, would be the lowest among this group. Now, again, remember, these expected points per game numbers are only through the first five. It's not for the entire season. So all of these guys are in a similar bu bucket to Mixon through five games. Now, of these 14 running backs that have hit 20 or more expected points per game through the first five weeks since 2018, 10 out of 14 of them have hit 20 or more points per game, and 12 of 14 of them have hit 18 or more points per game by the end of the season. So knowing what we know, just all of these running backs and what they've ended up with on this kind of volume, and then we look at Joe Mixon's entire career, and we know he has never underperformed his expected points per game by more than minus one. Right now, he's at minus seven. We have to think things will bounce back unless you think Ezekiel Elliott or unless you think Joe Mixon is 2020 Ezekiel Elliott and he's dust and even on this crazy volume he's going to be just a 15 point per game guy which is definitely in his range of outcomes but I do think that he's a little bit more you know spry than Ezekiel Elliott. even though Ezekiel Elliott was probably like 25 26 in 2020 I do think Mixon on this offense things should gel together he should get better and even if he's Najee right where Najee didn't hit that 18 plus point per game area 17.7 would still, have met the, would still have him at the RB8 this season, which would be really strong and probably pay off where you drafted him. Again, his role hasn't changed. They haven't really slowed down on his volume the last few weeks. I think that he'll see some positive regression here as the O-line gels together and sort of this offense as a whole bounces back here, right? Jamar Chase wasn't that great uh, recently the past few weeks. You also have the Bengals versus the Ravens. It wasn't a great game. This offense hasn't really felt like it's really been humming this year. I think things will eventually start to click. And as long as Joe Mixon's volume doesn't fall off a cliff, he should be contending for that like 17, 18, 19 point per game area as like a top eight running back. Now, you guys hate these trade charts. And, and trust me, I hate them too. But when I write these videos on Tuesdays, there's nothing else really out that shows me trade values. So I use CBS trade value chart just to get a feel. I don't go out here in my leagues and use this chart and like try and trade off of it. But I think it's a good look at just kind of what the market feels like right now, just roughly across the board. And Mixon is at like RB14-ish on this trade value chart. And I would love that price, just given that his role is more, more of a top five running back at this point. So if I could sell guys like Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones for Joe Mixon and a piece, I would. Or if I could add a little piece to a Miles Sanders or a Clyde Edwards-Lair to get into Mixon, I think I would be into that as well. Now, our next buy candidate, and you guys will see, we have a little bit of a theme today where we're just going to go through and sort of pick out who's underperforming or overperforming their expected points just because, I don't know, sometimes you just sort of go in circles with these trade targets and you just start buying into narratives and stuff. So I kind of just wanted to see what the numbers were saying. And Garrett Wilson here as our second buy target. Now, we're going to go through three buys at the top, two buys on the back end. Garrett Wilson leads all rookie wide receivers in expected points per game at 16.5 expected points per game and he's also 30 he is wide receiver 14 among all wide receivers in expected points per game which is really impressive 
16.5 is like right there with AJ Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, DK Metcalf. He's right in there. Now his actual points per game is wide receiver 32. He's not performing in that same type of way. He hasn't been over 10 points since Zach Wilson has returned to the lineup. But I think you can still bid on the talent here. Garrett Wilson's an elite wide receiver prospect. He was drafted in the top 10. He's looked good on a per route basis through five weeks. And even still, as much as Zach Wilson coming sort of changes things, he's still the he's still the target earner that he's been the entire year, where in week four, Zach Wilson's first game back, he led all Jets wide receivers in targets. And the last two weeks with Zach Wilson, he's been at a 21.7% target per out run, which is really good. Anything over 20% is amazing. Elijah Moore hasn't been at that number. So Garrett Wilson's still earning targets at a high rate. He's still doing his thing. It just hasn't really gone his way in the efficiency department. But I think as Zach Wilson kind of gets settled into this offense and we see more negative game scripts, right? They were only, they won 40 to 17 or they've won the last two weeks with Zach Wilson. So you haven't really had a Jets game script where they're trailing a ton. I think once we get those game scripts and once we get a little bit more rapport with Zach Wilson, he will bounce back. And that's what I kind of like here where I think he's going to bounce back. And then on top of that, Garrett Wilson, just a few weeks ago, after week two, absolutely demolishing the Browns, he was like a fringe top 24 wide receiver rest of season guy. And now he's the most affordable he's been probably since draft day, where if we look at the trade value chart again, he is behind waiver wire ads like Romeo Dobbs and George Pickens. He's behind, I mean, he's not behind, he's in the same areas like Darnell Mooney and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. So I think if you get him in this area, valued around these guys, as like a throw-in on the back end of a deal, I think he's a great, you know, cheap upside swing at wide receiver to go for. Now, our last buy for today, and possibly my favorite buy, Ramondre Stevenson. Now, this is a little bit more of a buy high, but I think a lot of you guys do get annoyed by the cliche buy lows and sell highs. I don't think anyone will be telling you to buy Ramondre Stevenson this week. We'll see. Um, and this is an, based off of expected points, but this is for those of you guys out there that are 0-5, 1-4, 2-3, digging yourself out of a hole. I think the move is to go acquire Ramondre Stevenson. Now, he's not going to be super easy to acquire. He's coming off a monster week. He had 175 total yards. He had 27 total touches. He was the guy. And even on top of the volume, he's not just a running back that's commanding a ton of volume. He's a running back that's super talented. Like, he is very, very good at football. I don't think that people really understand that with Ramondre Stevenson. When we look at PFF, among 54 qualified running backs, he's third in NFL, or he's third in the NFL in rush grade, which is behind just Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. He's third in yards after contact. He's fifth in receiving grade. He's eighth in elusiveness rating. That's among 54 qualified running backs. He is very talented, and he now gets a two to three week window of being the lead back for the Patriots with Damian Harris out with a hamstring injury. Now, the Patriots are going to elevate Pierre Strong, J.J. Taylor into some kind of role in this backfield, but this will be Ramondre Stevenson's backfield where he is the lead back, the bell cow, all phases. He should be a locked and loaded RB1 while Damian Harris is gone, and he gets a crazy schedule here. He gets the Browns this week, who are allowing the third most fantasy points to running backs, the Bears, who are allowing the eighth most fantasy points to running backs, and the Jets, who are only allowing the 15th most points to opposing running backs, but... The Jets are a team that the Patriots could go out there and just skunk like 28 to 0 and run all over them. So this is a guy you can get as a locked and loaded RB1 to help get your team out of a hole for the next two to three weeks. And then once Damon Harris is back, he's still going to be like a fringe top 15 RB2 type running back, which I think is really, really valuable 
for teams that are in a hole. And the reason why I love him as a trade target is because trade charts or just people in general aren't going to value Ramondre Stevenson as an RB1, especially because he's not one, right? He's just an RB1 for the next two to three weeks. And you can pay normal RB2 prices for him. Like in this trade chart, he is right next to Melvin Gordon, Jeff Wilson, guys who I would swap out for Ramondre all day long. I love the idea of selling David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders for like Ramondre Stevenson and a piece. I even like trading away. If you're like, let's say you're one and four and DeAndre Swift, you don't have him until week seven. You can, or would it be week seven or week eight? Regardless, DeAndre Swift, if he's on your bench and you're not using him, if you could trade him for Ramondre Stevenson and like a wide receiver, boom, you're golden. So he's somebody I really like where if you can kind of string together some pieces and get him off of somebody's team because you're down bad at like one and four, he's someone I think can give you such a big spike weeks over these next two to three weeks that he can help you dig yourself out of that hole. Now, on the other side of things, as we talk about our sell targets for week six, we have Alan Lazard here. And he's at the opposite end of the expected points argument, where if we look at his expected points and where he's expected to be at, he's really outperforming things. He's outperforming his expected points per game by 3.9 points per game. He's at 13.7 points per game, which has him at wide receiver 27 on the year where his expected points tell a different story. His expected points per game have him at 9.8, which would be like the wide receiver 48 area. You guys see here, he's next to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Elijah Moore, Greg Dortch, Alec Pierce. It's not a pretty list. And this is due to him having three touchdowns in four games. And outside of his TDs, he's only passed 45 receiving yards in one of those four games. The volume isn't great either. He's only at a 19.2% target share. He's pretty much just been running hot with touchdowns. I think if I could sell him across the way in that wide receiver three range for more stable asset, I think I would. And this is where he's being valued right now, Alan Lazard. I would take literally every wide receiver on this screenshot over Lazard very, very easily. I take Devonta Smith, Marquise Brown, Olave, Keenan Allen, Hopkins, McLaurin, Deontay Johnson. Judy versus Lazard is close, but I think I think it's still good. Judy, I think Cooper as well, London, Cooks, Thielen. Lazard to me, again, he's a boom bust, touchdown dependent type guy. And he's not Gabe Davis either. He's somebody, he's outperforming his expectations a ton. He doesn't get a ton of like baseline targets. He's also blocking on a lot of his routes. Again, if I could move off of him for just somebody else that's a little bit more stable, again, like any of these guys, Devonta Smith, a Keenan Allen, a Terry McLaurin, a Deontay Johnson. By the way, Deontay Johnson's a great buy target going off the expected points model. I would be very, I don't know why I can't talk to you, but I'd be, I'd be very interested in making that move. Now, the last buy target or last sell target we have here is Jeff Wilson. And here's the thing with Jeff Wilson. I'm not telling you that if you have Jeff Wilson, go out there immediately sell him. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it's tough to find actionable or actionable sell targets in week six. And when we look at Jeff Wilson, he's been fine, right? Since week two, since he stepped in, he's been the RB15. So this is really what it comes down to with Jeff Wilson. It's week six. Elijah Mitchell is due back in week 10, which means Jeff Wilson's value right now coming off his best week of the season is only going to decrease as the drum beat gets louder for Elijah Mitchell's return. So this is what I'll say. If you're using Jeff Wilson as a plug and play RB2 every week, he's scoring you points, he's winning you games, keep him. Ride him into the sunset, score as many points as you can with him off of your, you know, last round pick from August. 
just ride it. But if you're letting him sit on your bench, because let's say you started, you know, Saquon Fournette or like Sa- or like Eckler, Saquon, you started two running backs up top and you don't have a running back who got hurt yet and he's just riding away on your bench because you have sick flex options as well, then go out there and sell him, right? Because you don't want to have a guy where Jeff Wilson isn't helping you win now and his value is only decreasing from here. So if he's not helping you win right now, go out there and trade him to someone who's hurting at RB now so you can have value to help you win later. I would love to see if I could move him and a piece for Ramondre Stevenson or if I could do like Jeff Wilson and a small piece for like Kenneth Walker or J.K. Dobbins, I'd be into that. Or maybe even a, a downgrade a little bit to a Kareem Hunt, a Devin Singletary, and A.J. Dillon. I'd like that as well. You could also try and see if you could get him for a wide receiver like a Drake London, a Jerry Judy, a Deontay Johnson, something in that area. Again, he's not a must sell, but if he's not scoring you points, you need to sell him very, very soon before his value hits zero. Now that is going to do it for us today, fellas. That is our must buy and sell trade targets for week six. As always, if you haven't already, check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. My rest of season rankings will be out Wednesday night. I'll have my top 50 running backs, top 50 wide receivers, top 25 quarterbacks and tight ends to make sure that you guys have a nice little reference sheet for when you're making these trades in your leagues to make sure you're not giving up a ton of value to make sure you're buying low on some players, all of that good stuff. You also get my weekly rankings on Thursday. You get my start sit live stream on Sunday. You'll get my waiver wire article every Tuesday, all of the works on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Now, if you enjoyed, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, and I will see you guys in the next one. I got the juice, I got the juice. Geno, Chatham's on. Foolies, glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag of on. Rapper, song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner.